0: Hey there, it's Gary Parish. Welcome back to CBS Sports' Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button. Be Brandon Davies. You have consent. And don't forget to also subscribe to the CBS Sports College Basketball YouTube channel while you're here let's get into it fun tuesday night in the sport i do want to start in the acc because that's where north carolina was supposed to win at syracuse but it didn't instead the orange won 86-79 meantime virginia lost at home to Pitt. supply, 74-63 so that's two tuesday night upsets hashtag tuesday night upsets uh at the top of the acc standings the byproduct He's that Duke is now tied in the loss column with North Carolina atop the league standings. Dead Led, what'd you make of a couple of uh, surprising results in the ACC on Tuesday night?
1: Happy Valentine's Day, bud. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Happy Valentine's Day. We get one of these, I feel like, uh, every other year or so where we actually pot on Valentine's Day. Uh, It's important for the men out there to express appreciation for each other. I love you. I love doing this podcast together with you.
0: Okay. I, hey, and I love you. And did you see on CBS Sunday Morning this past Sunday morning? My watch. My wife watches this every Sunday. She lo- it's her favorite show. Shouts to CBS Sunday Morning. Um, they had an essay, like a verbal essay, whatever you call that. And uh, and a, and a, a gentleman, he was explaining the difference between saying "Hey, I love you, pal," or uh, "Man, I love you, buddy," and just looking at another person and saying "I love you" and stopping right there just those three words it carries it carries more weight so i wanted to say that to you wow. I, I love you
1: i love you okay this is getting this is getting pretty powerful at yeah. 10 am on a wednesday morning but i am good with it um you might be at this hour by the way ah, i might have gotten to i love yous into the wife at this point but i think it's a tie at best between uh, you and my wife i'll try I'll, I'll try and adjust that scoreboard as soon as we're done with the <laughs> pod here but uh and to everyone listening uh we love you if you want to show love to us on this valentine's day Hit the like button, smash it like your Brandon Davies. Please give us good reviews. Spread the word. We would so very much appreciate that. Let's get to the matter at hand. And yeah, Tuesday night was loaded with upsets, but we'll uh, let's let's home in here on uh, on the yeah. ACC. Um, I'll send it right back to you. I'm curious about between Q's winning at home over Carolina or Pitt going into Virginia. And don't worry, I got some good little uh, nuggets on both those. To you, what what's the more meaningful result between those two?
0: I think North Carolina losing at Syracuse, if only because North Carolina is now two and three in its past five games. So this ain't just like they went up to Syracuse and got caught. It's it's they haven't been playing well lately. They let Syracuse. Did you see this number? Shoot 62.5 percent from the field against them.
1: Not not only that, Parrish, the effective field goal percentage because of the three pointers they made, it was a north of 70 percent.
0: Outrageous Insane. Yeah. Like Syracuse, by the way, if you're wondering, like, I well, is Syracuse amazing offensively? No, no, not at all. Outside of the top 100 and adjusted offensive efficiency. So North Carolina has now gone from 17 and three and projected as the fourth number one seed. We've been settled in on these number one seeds, at least the top three, the first three for a while. In some order, Purdue, UConn, Houston, North Carolina two weeks ago was projected to be that fourth. Number one, they've gone from 17 and three to 19 and six. And I don't know if you know, but you can go to Bart and sort some data. It's very helpful, particularly when you have to talk about this stuff for a living. Yeah. Um, North Carolina in its first 20 games was 17 and three record and had a defense that ranked 12th nationally, according to Torvik. past five games, two and three. That's the record defense ranks 130th nationally. They can't stop nobody, including Syracuse, eighty six seventy nine. Shoot nearly sixty three percent from the field. I'm not saying North Carolina can't get it right. They're still tied um, in the loss column, atop the ACC standings, but they're clearly a different team these last five games than they were the first twenty.
1: Uh, that's yeah, that's undeniable. Some of it is a little bit of regression to the mean when it comes to uh, opponent shooting, uh, without a doubt. And, and listen, Syracuse, uh, and we'll we'll focus on this one, then we'll touch pit on pit UVA. Um, I at least want to give a a shout to Syracuse getting this kind of home win. You know, they get rid of Benny Williams a week ago. Uh, They basically only play six guys in this game. Judah Mintz goes for 25. J.J. Starling goes for 23. It's the first meaningful, significant Win of Red Autry's, you know, young head coaching career of the Orange. So I know for Syracuse fans, uh, the ones that have uh, still been dialed into the podcast here, despite your your program being, you know, a a bit adrift at sea, uh, you're feeling good this morning because you finally got a meaningful victory. So I I don't want to just toss that off to the side. Syracuse had lost 14 straight games against top 20 teams they finally get this done they were what 13 they were 2 and 13 because carolina was 13 and 2 in its previous 15 games against the tar heels uh including you know the, the drubbing earlier this season 103 67 so um credit to cues it was its best shooting performance in a game uh since 2011 against Depaul. Of <laughs> who else exactly so it had been 13 years since syracuse had a shooting performance that good and it was back when they were in the big east there um so credit to credit to cues there carolina has allowed 80 plus in three of its past four games um i i'm i'm obviously taking note taking stock of this uh in aggregate do these losses uh have an impact on their 1c chances of course they do um but it is it is you know it's a semi-respectable quad two loss on the road. Uh, Carolina's record's still fine. You know, it's, I still think it's going to win the ACC. Uh, but you said it, it, to me the Virginia one was a little—it um, was the bigger one, I guess, it carried more meaning than than UNC. But you can argue that even though UNC was on the road, uh, you match up Syracuse and pit next to each other, and uh, and Syracuse is the worst team. So it's kind of six and one, half and dozen in the other.
0: I, I guess maybe um w- w- maybe I should use specific words here. Uh- Perhaps Virginia losing a home game to Pitt is a bigger result than North Carolina losing a road game to one of the biggest brands in the sport, right? Um, But I do think the more meaningful one is North Carolina losing a game it was supposed to win because they've done that a lot lately. Two and three in its past five, and they're not guarding anybody. They just let a team shoot 62.5% against them. Um, On the other side of this, the Virginia uh, Pitt thing, like, Virginia had won, I think, eight in a row, 23 straight at home, and then they just got got by Blake Henson, who was just shot-making from all over the court. Yes. I mean, just catch-and-shoot from the corner, catch-and-shoot everywhere. Uh, then then uh, they'd start really aggressively closing out. He'd get to the rim. Um, I, I guess m- maybe the reason I don't draw much meaning from that is that all that means is Virginia's now eight and one and its past nine. All that means is Virginia is now 23-1 and and it's past 24 at home. And every once in a while, we've seen this over the years, Virginia will – I don't know if it's play down to the competition or play such a low-possession game that the Mm. the gap between them and the competition uh, lessens or just every once in a while somebody going to go – bananas on you and and do what Blake Henson did to him last night but I've just seen Virginia lose goofy games so many times that I it never makes me go what's wrong with Virginia as much as it makes me go well they did that again but I'm sure they'll be okay (laughs) and that's that's what that was last night
1: okay uh I can you know what I might be able to buy some of what you're selling there also note you know Pitt um yeah it was 14 of 32 from three Henson uh had 27 they controlled most of the game um and Virginia, yeah, they had the nation's longest home game winning streak, uh, 23 in a row. That's now that's done. I actually, this is a seed line loss situation, no doubt about it. Palm had him on the eight line going in. Uh, I did a quick tour last night. I think the resume on balance, I think the best case scenario right now for Virginia is you're like the last nine on the board. Uh, if you wanted to build out a case for Virginia to be a 10 seed, maybe you can do that. But uh, they're still in the field. Yeah. Um, Pitt, uh, you take it for here, GP, but Pitt is like. It's on the cusp of being in the bubble conversation. Really look at the resume. They, there's more work to do, but damn, that is a that is a really uh, majorly valuable quad one win. And if they can continue to do this, Parish, uh, you know, Pitt, they've won what six of their past seven. They've won their last six ACC road games. So mm-hmm. they're they're slowly maybe getting into that conversation. I thought that was a pretty big development.
0: Um, on Virginia, um, the, you know. The, the one of the issues with the ACC now is that, and I know Virginia still won eight of its past nine, but then you, 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 have your eight game winning streak snapped, um, in a place by a team. It's not supposed to get snapped by, you know, a sub 50 uh, net team. If you start looking at the, um, you know, the ACC ranks. Uh, fourth in leagues according to the net, it's fifth according to Kenpom, and every once in a while you'll hear a coach pop off about that, right? You know that you know those computers can't capture this or whatever, and um, you know J- Jeff Capel did it last season at Pitt. I, I think Steve Forbes had some co- similar comments earlier this uh, this season. One of the issues is that there's too much of that kind of stuff happening. You know, the the good teams losing to the teams they're not supposed to lose to. Um, for instance, right now, North Carolina and Duke are both in the top 20 of the net, but they're the only teams in the ACC in the top 25 of the net. The Big 12 has six teams in the top 25 of the net. The ACC's average net ranking is 76. The Big Twelves is 46, 30 spots better. And what you might think is, well, that must be because of the bottom of the league. But the truth is, the ACC and the Big 12 both have three sub-100 teams in the net. Both identical. Both have three. Everybody else is in the top 100. It's that they don't have as many great teams, and in the middle, they're lower than 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 they should be. And a byproduct of that is, um, or or the cause of that rather, is you, you have too many good teams that should be NCAA tournament teams that that take goofy losses. For instance, right now the top three teams in the ACC, North Carolina, Duke, and Virginia, they they all have. Quad three losses on their resume. Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Notre Dame for Virginia. Georgia Tech beat Carolina and Duke. For comparison purposes, the top four in the Big 12, according to the net, that's Houston, Iowa State, BYU, and Baylor, zero quadrant three losses. Five of the top six in the Big 10, according to the net, zero quadrant three losses. Top three in the SEC, according to the net, that's Alabama, Tennessee, Auburn, zero quadrant three losses. But the top three in the ACC all have quadrant three losses. That's how you screw up your computer numbers. And I thought last night, between Carolina losing at Syracuse, Virginia losing at home to Pitt, it was another good example of it. Those are supposed to be two of your best teams, and they both took losses that uh, slide them down the rankings, slide them down the computers, and slide them down Jerry Palm's bracket. Although, and this is the point I was trying to get to a minute ago, uh, Virginia as an eight seed. I had them 25th in the top 25 and one on Tuesday morning. I got them out now. Yeah. But I, I, I had them as a, what does that equate to? A, a seven seed. A top seed. Twos- yeah. twos- so it's, I'm, I'm pretty much in line with Jerry. Maybe a little higher, but uh, yeah, they would drop they would drop from that now, obviously.
1: Okay. Um, uh, Virginia and Pitt obviously have not shared a conference for the past 50 years, uh, but they have as of recently. Uh, Pitt's win last night was the first time it won in Seville in 50 years, 74. So uh, a notable win right, for Jeff Capel. I thought it was uh, really important. He had some nice things to say after the game. Um, and, uh, it's pit pit landed. It's, I saw this note from our researchers. It was the first time since Pitt was in the big East in 2011, that it got back to back road wins over ranked opponents in conference play. So a lot of good developments there, um, because they, they had not, they had Pitt went into the season, having not beaten a ranked team on the road, period since 2012 2013 so more than a decade and now this season they've gone to duke and gotten a the win they've gone to virginia both teams ranked when they when they got it done uh, virginia allowed more than 70 points in its own building for the first time in like 50 home games it was uh, it was a weird one and we talked about carolina's defense being a little bit shaky uh, teams three of the past four games credit to rush the court for this note. uh three of the past four times that virginia's gone out and played a game its, a, its opponent's been more than one point per, per possession that's not Virginia hoops. We'll see if they can. Uh, if if this really is, I think you're probably right. Like, all right, they were riding right an eight game win streak. They took uh, they took one l, a stumble, uh, and uh, and that might not mind up meaning uh, too much. But uh, credit to Pitt and credit to a couple of fan bases that were given a little bit of hope there on Tuesday night. Uh,
0: next up for Carolina, if you're interested, they got Virginia Tech this weekend. Then they're off all. You know, the no midweek game next week. So it'll be Virginia Tech this weekend and then at Virginia on February 24th. We'll get to some other notable results from Tuesday in just a second. First, though, let's get a quick word from our partners.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: All right, Dead Leg, you know what time it is. It's whip around time. Whip
2: us around. Let's... um. Let's focus on the big twelve here from the
1: past couple of nights and uh, and also one result in the big East. there's a there have been teams that have played in the past forty eight hours who are in the two seed conversation that is our uh, that's our YouTube poll uh, currently. Uh, which team do you think is most likely? There you go Of uh, Iowa State, Kansas. Baylor Marquette, those are all teams in the two-seat combo right now. Which of those four teams do you think is most likely to wind up and finish? Most likely, they might have multiple teams be a two-seat, but what do you think is most likely? Uh, Whether you think they'll be good enough to be a two, or maybe they'll, they'll, you know, you don't think they will be a, maybe you think Iowa State's going to play itself to a one-seat. If that's the case, don't vote for Iowa State. We'll give you the results there in just a a minute here. So Iowa State goes on the road, wins Tuesday night at Cincinnati. Uh, This is the number one Defense in the country when it comes to turning teams over for the third time this season, (laughs) Iowa State forced 25 turnovers. Only six of them were off of steals against Cincinnati. Um, They held the Bearcat starters to just 22 points. It was yet another game where an opponent couldn't crack 60 on, uh, on the Cyclones there. I I, th- I think they have to be a, right now a real time bracket update on Valentine's Day if that's what you're looking for. I think Iowa State is the last two on the board as of this morning after going into Cincinnati uh, and getting a 68 59 win. Um, so that was, and it was the first big loss for Cincinnati, Big 12 loss for Cincinnati this season, GP, that was not by five points or fewer. And I think that's what's going to keep the Bearcats out. I think they lose at home to Texas by one. Houston by five, Oklahoma by four. Then they got beat here with uh, some comfortability there. Um, I'll toss back to you in just a second, but the other ones, then you can take it as you please. Kansas on Monday gets destroyed. Self-ejected. I I think I heard first ejection of his career. Um, We now have had three big 12 coaches tossed from a game in like the past week and a half. Can we get the entire league tossed before the end of the season?
0: Love nothing more than this least least likely big 12 coach to get tossed.
1: That's left. On, well, I would have said it was uh, Johnny Dawkins. Johnny Dawkins is the least likely. Drew and J- Johnny Dawkins had the longest odds. Drew has been tossed, but I think we've. I think that's true now. We've had Drew and Self, who up until two weeks ago had never been tossed from a game. I, I thought I heard Self had not been tossed. I could see him getting tossed at some point, but I thought I heard that. And that there they go. They've been. Uh, and I'd, Self said he didn't even curse after. He could read his lips. He was saying that's a joke. You're a joke or something like that. I got, <laughs> you say it fourteen times in a row, you're going to get tossed. And that was um, like the. Fourth worst loss of self's career, I think I saw. Um, but yeah, so Kansas in the two-seed conversation, but it's it's 30-1 and one in this past 31 home games in the Big 12 at Allen Fieldhouse. Can't seem to pick up a win on the road in league play this season. So it's pecking order in the two-seed race is a bit down. And then Baylor, uh, not much to say about this game. Jaden Nunn had 27, and it was kind of an as-expected game. Baylor remains in the hunt for a two-seed with the home win over Oklahoma. On Tuesday night, Oklahoma is still in the tournament conversation, but you know doesn't want to doesn't want to mess around too. But and then outside the Big Twelve, but in the two seat conversation, GP uh, Marquette, which was your early six thirty tip on Tuesday, uh, Marquette went to Butler, got a 78-72 win. Marquette's now nineteen and five overall. 10-3 and three in the Big East it is definitely a two-seed as of right now. It's won eight straight games. Um, it's averaging about 82 points over that win streak. Tyler Kolick has been uh, tremendous, 25 or more in three of his past four games. Uh, this is Marquette's first eight-game win streak, by the way, since 2019. And it has won... Five straight on the road and it's those road victories that are only going to reinforce this um so yeah that's that's your two seed watch any takeaways thoughts comments on uh, isu ku baylor or those marquette golden eagles
0: well i apologize if i missed it um who's your fourth number one seed right now
1: Mm, i don't i didn't i didn't say um so if you're if you're taking unc out one of those teams has got to jump up. Is that the is that the deal? Purdue,
0: UConn, fight? and Houston would be a number one. They would all be number one seeds according to any bracketologist right now. So who would be the fourth? Uh,
1: do we have a case for Arizona?
0: Yeah, sure you do.
1: I think that might be the pick as of this morning. I think. Um, I would say so. Uh, and listen, folks, we got uh, we got more than a month till Selection Sunday, but I'd go Purdue in order: Purdue, UConn, Houston. Zona, Marquette, Iowa State, Uh, Tennessee,
0: Carolina. Maybe you're pretty close to me. I I've got it. I've got it. Well, again, Wednesday morning's top twenty-five and one. I've got it. Purdue, UConn, Houston, Marquette's my fourth number one. Um, you all right? There we go. It's my fourth number one, which means this weekend, UConn, Marquette. We should have two projected at least in my mind number one seeds against each other I've got Arizona at five Tennessee at six Baylor at seven and you mentioned earlier Iowa State would be your last number two seed that's exactly where I have them in the top 25 and one at number eight North Carolina is now number nine I would have North Carolina in this as the number one three seed or just in front of Kansas.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think I uh, just double crossed myself there. I would have ISU the final two, and then Carolina, I guess, top on the three line. Someone in the chat's pointing out Self had been previously tossed uh, elsewhere before he got to Kansas, so his first ejection at Kansas there, uh, duly noted. Iowa State it has reached a point, and they're going to take. <laughs> you think they're going to take some losses, but they keep uh, they keep picking up these good wins. Um, I just a uh, heads up now. Mark it down for later when we get to March, folks. I just, I, I've seen this team play now like a dozen plus times this season. And to me, with Taman Lipsy as the head of the snake, I know sometimes they get caught in a game where they might be like playing to 60. I get all that. I I don't know if I will be able to talk myself out of Iowa State getting, uh, getting to the second weekend because the defense is undeniable at this point. And Cincinnati might not prove to be a tournament team. Again, it's blowing a lot of chances on its home floor. Um, but. This is a team that because it doesn't have a superstar and because its style play isn't, you know, the most cosmetically appealing. I get all that. You're, they're just not going to probably get as much love as they deserve. GP's obviously giving him love in his top 25 on refresh on Wednesday morning. I don't. Don't dismiss them as just another quality Big Twelve team, and and you know uh, whatever they might be ripe for an upset, maybe. But I I just I've seen enough of this group. You turn you turn three different teams over twenty five times in a season, man. Twenty five turnovers in a forty minute game? Are you kidding me? That's outrageous. So just uh, just keep that in well, mind. It was a big night for them and for Marquette to, again, reinforce and Tyler Colic to reinforce what they've been able to do. is uh it was an interesting night for teams again in that uh, two seed combo.
0: Yeah, just a couple of thoughts on those two teams you just mentioned. Um, with Colic he uh, you know he took 21 shots made 10 of them at 27.7 rebounds five assists in 36 minutes and in these past two games he's now averaging 27 points nine assists seven rebounds shooting 55% from the field 58% from three he's been fabulous i don't know if he's going to repeat and this is sort of what i re- led the top 25 and 1 on uh wednesday morning i don't i not only do i not know i'll go a step further i don't think Marquette is going to repeat as Big East champion. I think UConn's going to get that, and I'm not sure Tyler Colic's going to repeat as Big East Player of the Year. It might end up being Tristan Newton, but don't get it twisted. Marquette is having a fabulous season. Tyler Colic is having a, a, a fabulous season, and all of that's going to be on full display Saturday afternoon. That's the game of the weekend. We'll obviously preview it on Friday, but you know, two top four teams. Um, With the conference championship still in the balance, number one seed stuff still in the balance, um, that's going to be a great one. On Iowa State, I'll just keep this simple. Maybe they don't blow you away from an eye test perspective. You know what they keep doing? They keep winning games that these other good Big 12 teams keep losing. Yeah. Good teams go to Cincinnati and lose. They keep winning games that these other good. We go ah oh, well, you know what are you going to do? It's life in the Big Twelve, and Iowa State goes. Here's what we're going to do: we're going to win that game. We're going to win that game instead of lose it. And the byproduct of that is, you know, they're 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 in a position to to win this conference championship earlier in the season. I I, I believe this is true. They didn't get their first quadrant one win until January, until after New Year. So that's why. Um, some folks out in the internet streets were going hey, I don't know, could be this, this looks like a it's got all the characteristics of a computer tricker. If it walks like a computer tricker and it talks like a computer tricker, it might be a computer tricker and TJ Otzelberger said, nope we're not that. Now we're just gonna go win games that other big 12 teams don't win and they got a chance to win a conference title, which is pretty remarkable.
1: Big 12 continues to be uh, obviously very compelling. Some interesting stuff there over the past uh, two nights. And uh, listen, I'm not going to just do a complete uh, dismissal of Texas Tech getting a a great home environment, really good home win for Grant McCaslin. Uh, His son was getting a lot of love at the end of that game. Beckett uh, is the most passionate dude in the building. That uh, That was cool to see. And Texas Tech, man... Grant McCaslin, we're gonna have a dribble handoff go up later on Wednesday. GP might not be familiar with this, but uh, but we will have a dribble handoff later in the day. I was
0: he, I was I was in and submitted
1: before you. I know you got it done. I'm proud of you. Um, but the topic this week uh, for our writers roundtable is, you know, at this point in the season, who would you have for national coach of the year? I don't know if anyone has. Uh, has logged a vote for Grant McCaslin. But if, if not, he's obviously in, in that as well with what he's been able to do in his first season and getting tech into the uh, NCAA tournament picture. It's
0: my vote, that. my vote, just for the record, you can check it out cbsports.com My vote went to UConn's Dan Hurley.
1: There you go. My vote, uh, even though he would not be, I don't think, reasonably number one, two or three. I did have a court report that led on Washington State on Tuesday. Hey, um, Let me ask you a question about
0: this. I have been want to ask you a question about this because yeah, yeah. I noticed when I was talking to you on Saturday night and yes. we start we start showing Washington State the Cougars some love. Yes. I said I said, and are you familiar with this Miles? Russell? And you were you were like, I am. Were you already working on that? Yes. Did I did I screw that up for You're you? Good.
1: You're good. I just okay. didn't expound on it. That's all. Yeah. So I saw. It's okay.
0: Yeah. It's like you didn't want to engage me. I was like, Why is he, he? He didn't. He said he wanted to show Washington State love. I'm giving him an opportunity. He just. It's, it's all good. Like he it's, wants to.
1: It's all good. I was. Uh. It, yeah. The the Miles Rice stuff was uh was in was in the mix there, and they were. Uh. He's got an incredible story. If if you haven't read it, uh, please do. He's he had cancer last year, and now he is legitimately a first team All Pac-12 player. He's the best freshman in the Pac-12, and the only freshman in the country leading his team in scoring, assists, and steals. And so uh, so Kyle Smith, who has Washington State tracking in like the seven seed territory right now, first bid for that program since 08. He is my vote uh, at this point. If that were to continue, by the way, um, and if, you know, South Carolina took on some losses, if Washington State like messes around and is like a five seed. And finishes like one game behind Arizona in the Pac-12. Like Kyle Smith will get votes. I don't know if that'll be enough to get him National Coach of the Year. As a reminder, we do our National Coach of the Year after the Elite Eight, before the Final Four. That's why we were the only outlet to give Dusty May, rightfully, the National Coach of the Year a season ago. We'll see. Um, but Grant McCaslin, another coach that is in that conversation. Let's uh, let's keep it out west here. GP can uh, he can take the monologue for these next two here. I was I was I watched all of Colorado State, San Diego State. And uh, and then I had to I tapped out. I was just long day yesterday and I watched a lot of New Mexico, Nevada, an incredible ending. You actually watched it, obviously, in real time in studio there in New York for CBS Sports Network. But uh, San Diego State (laughs) flips the game. I think Colorado State went three for twenty five shooting in the second half. They only had eleven points. Jaden LeDee himself doubled up CSU. 22 points to 11, Um, and I think San Diego State outscored the Rams by 30 in the second half. Both of these Mountain West results were were the preferred outcome for the conference to be a six-bid league because Colorado State was ahead in the overall bracket-pecking order of San Diego State. San Diego State holds serve at home. New Mexico, which which now has the sweep of Nevada, was the first team out of Palms bracket going into Tuesday night it goes wins at nevada who which had just beaten two ranked teams uh new mexico is now 20 and 5 overall 8 and 4 in conference nevada is 19 and 6 6 and 5 um yeah, give me any anything and everything you want from either of these games. Both were on our air. Uh both were compelling. And New Mexico got a win by nature of a late corner three pointer by Jamal Mashburn Jr., just another classic. And if you are watching the Mountain West, sincerely like, you are missing out. This this conference is delivering weekly with not just like matchups you want to tune into, but then the games actually live up to the hype.
0: I uh I don't argue with Jerry Palm. That's a good way to end up in the Hudson, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> you're you're accusing Jerry Palm of being a mobster. <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. Yes.
1: Yes, of all the people under our umbrella at our shop, the last person on that list might be Jerry Palm.
0: No, it's Jerry okay. Palm. It's okay. a good, arguing with Jerry Palm's a good way to end up in the Hudson, is what I heard. Um, but but I was surprised because you know we got uh, Mount West games on our air last night. I'm in studio for the triple header, and I'm obviously going to Jerry Palm's brack. I was surprised he had New Mexico out before last night. Um, but I would assume when he updates it now that New Mexico would be on the right side of the bubble after adding a quarter one win. You can't overstate how big of a like final couple of minutes that was for Richard Patino last night. Keep in mind they lose to UNLV at home over the weekend. You ain't supposed to do that, all right. right? So that was supposed to just be a nothing win before you go to Nevada. Instead you lose it. You take a quad 3 loss, you're ranked 25th in the AP poll. That's gone. Um, on Monday, so this goofy loss at home, the UNLV, it puts a quad three loss on your resume, and it costs you your national ranking. Ooh, that's terrible. Then you are at Nevada, and they're down three with two minutes to go. All right, so now you are about to have a two game losing skid, a two game losing skid. Yes, and 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 just like Saturday morning, you were feeling really good about yourself, and now you are about to have a two game losing skid, and then it's bang bang stop score. They just like steal one on the road. That's what they did. It felt like they just stole one on the road, and you take a what would have been a quad one loss, you turn it into a quad one win. It probably push yourself on the right side of the bubble, according to Jerry Palm. Great stuff from New Mexico, San Diego State. That second half was outrageous. <laughs> Forty-one to eleven. Forty-one to eleven. I mean, what are we, you don't even see that in like non-league by games.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Forty-one
0: to eleven.
1: And I was, I was like, I watched, so I watched, I was watching the first half. I was like, wow, like Nico Medved's guys are really going to get this done. And then there were other games on, like it was a pretty solid Tuesday night overall, just a lot of watchable stuff. And so I had it on the quad box, but it was one of those things where, I don't know, I guess I just hadn't been uh, checked in in about eight to 12 minutes or so. And, and I look up the next day, I'm like, oh, it's it's close. Okay. And then as I'm watching, I'm like, they are running them out of the gym. We, like the most tale of two halves of any tale of two halves. I think we've had this entire season and, uh, and yeah, just a an important one for San Diego state. I mean, Colorado state went into that one. Um, it won four straight and uh, yeah. And it, I think the start of that win streak, I think was the win over San Diego state. So this actually stops, stops it overall. And um, yeah, just a, just a good night for the mountain West there, GP. Um, by the way, poll result. I forgot to get to this. Chat says most likely, most likely two seed. They got the team you got on the one line. Forty-four percent say Marquette, Iowa State twenty-four percent, Kansas twenty-three percent, Baylor at nine percent. So it says seems like the chat is thinking uh, Baylor's going to be a uh, three at best. Marquette on the one line is intriguing. We'll see about that. Just wanted to update you uh, before we continued to move on. Any else? Uh, any other thoughts on the on the Mountain West? Or can we uh, keep it rolling here? Keep it rolling. Want to go to the
0: SEC? It's been my lifelong dream.
1: Well, let's let's talk SEC here because um, we've got Kentucky beating Ole Miss 75-63. And then we've got... Good for
0: them. Good oh. for them. They needed that. As I, I said on CBS Sports Network on Tuesday night, uh, the teams got bigger wins on Tuesday night. I don't know that anybody got a more important win. I don't know that anybody needed one more than Kentucky needed that one.
1: I agree. And the defense... Um, better. Was, uh, be- be- <laughs> better? Better? <laughs> like, way better. had 10 blocks, the second most by a Kentucky player in program history. Trivia time. Who has the record? For blocks? Blocks in one game. Probably Anthony Davis. It's not Anthony Davis. It is another Calipari coach, big man, though. Uh, then it's probably Willie
0: Colley Stein. It's not Willie Colley Stein. Can you get it on guess three? You yeah. lose. Yeah, um, then it's going to have to be, clearly, it's going to have to be. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. I know it's not right, but it's. I'm gonna go. Carl, no, he never played enough. <laughs> Carl Anthony Dales never played enough to get that many blocks in one game. Neither did Devin Booker, and neither did uh, Rob Dillingham. So let's see. You gotta have to play enough to get that. I'm gonna go Demarcus Cousins. You lose. Damn it. You
1: lose. Nerlens Noel. Oh, that's definitely who it is. Nerlens Noel had 12 in 2012-2013.
0: If I would have have thought of him, that's who I would have submitted as my guess.
1: You know what? You gave it a good try there. Uh, Kentucky had been allowing 84 points per game in SEC play. and It held Ole Miss to 63. That's a a good development for a Kentucky program, by the way, that has only lost twice in its history at home to Mississippi. Uh, Those losses came in 1927. And then it was shown on the broadcast last night. The Mike White led Mississippi Re- running Rebels or Rebels, I guess they were never running.
0: The right? Mississippi running Rebels. You have the Riverhawks or the Running Rebels. You didn't get that more wrong. It's the old Miss Rebels. And you just it. called them the Mississippi Running Rebels. <laughs> my producer. My producer on my on the GP show he was um, talking about the conference USA. And he was like, uh um, he was like, Yeah, you got the UAB Blazers and those uh, North Texas. Them green guys he called them the north texas green guys
1: <laughs> that's a rare that's a uh that's a rare airball ball from me missing a, a team's uh mascot there the old running rebels of mississippi uh back when they had larry yeah, it's, it's i love this unlv
0: running rebels and umass yeah. low mississippi river hawks
1: yes uh if if <laughs> oh my goodness uh mike white Played for Ole Miss in '98, and they won at uh, at Rupp Arena and Tubby Smith's first year. Um, Chris Pierce team has now lost three in a row. It is a bubble team. We'll uh, we'll see that. Good, good. Hey, listen, good win for Kentucky. Um, they 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 avoid catastrophe, uh, and they avoid. I think Nada has this up. I I promised this. I promised this on the recent show. I've got the full glossary here. These are now the official terms. For for a losing streak, if you're watching, you can see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it out loud here. If you're listening, so this is Ion College basketball parlance. Mm. One loss, it's a stumble. It's sure, a stumble. yeah, for stumbled. Two losses as, a, and this is other also color coded, uh, which I tried to match somewhat closely to uh, to uh, you know whatever that emergency alert system is that we've got uh, got in this country. Two losses, we skid. We we're aware of this. Three losses, you're on a slide. Mm-hmm. Four. It's when it starts to get tricky. Four is a swoon. Yeah. Five in a row, you're officially you're officially in a slump. Uh, five in a row, you you don't want a slump whatsoever. If you take five in a row and you lose again, it's a spiral. There's almost no escape. Once you're in a spiral, there's almost no escaping it whatsoever. And then once you hit seven, it's the point of no return. And uh, you can obviously see the sibilance here: stumble, skid, slide, swoon, slump, spiral, and then tsunami the t is silent and so is your appearance in the NCAA tournament as a high major if you take on a seven seven and more you're in a tsunami there's no recovering from this so these are the official terms for losing streaks okay it's a four-game swoon a five-game slump a six-game spiral and a seven-game eight-game nine-game tsunami what do you got gp
0: can i take issue with swoon i mean you can but you know uh, what would you substitute for well, let's just define swoon. And luckily, I have dictionary.com. It says faint from extreme emotion. Would four straight losses make you faint from extreme emotion?
1: If, if you're a Mississippi running rebel, it would. I'll tell you that. Maybe.
0: One. Maybe. I just don't know. Like, like my alma mater it, it, it endured a four-game swoon recently, and I never came close to fainting from extreme emotion. I was just like, I don't know why they keep playing 12 guys every game. But I, but I was never close to fainting from extreme emotion.
1: Swoon is my favorite of the entire list. That and tsunami, seven games. I mean, I mean it's
0: a fun word. I mean, I don't mind the word. Swoon.
1: <laughs> he just he's trying. He's just he brought it up, and I can hear. It. Play that again. <laughs> you got
0: that. Swoon. I mean, I don't mind the word. It's a nice word. Swoon. Swoon. Swoon, Swoon on Valentine's Day of all days. That Swoon. Is, that is your official. Hey, baby. One. Happy Valentine's Day. How do you feel? Huh? <laughs> okay, There we go. I don't mind the word. I just don't know that it applies properly. I'm I'm
1: making it apply. I'm adapting it to what we have here. It's a swoon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's swoon, fine. It's fine. We've been in the greater sports lexicon for a team that's taken on a few L's. So I officially attached it to four, oh, no. to four. So we don't do stre- the streaks. The swoon. streaks are for winning. We're going streaking. Streak is good. You now have the glossary there. Uh, stop hitting the word swoon, please. <laughs> um, Nada has how a and might have taken itself out of the tournament conversation permanently on Tuesday night. Now to go ahead and fire this up if you got it.
2: yawn to the free throw line, up and under, lost it, throws it up. Got it! Got it! Got it! That is your game!
1: If you watch that carefully, they, the, the producers of the game... Thought AM was going to win. The bucket goes in. Vandy wins on an absurd shot. And they actually changed the records to reflect that AM won and Vandy lost, and they had to change it about. Uh,
0: well, yeah, they were, that's they how unexpected it was. They were doing the best they could. A
1: Loss at Vandy. I, that's, I was uh yeah, that's
0: bad I one. was in studio with a Georgetown legend, two time NBA All Star Roy Hibbert, and his commentary on that final possession was why are they jumping? Why do they keep jumping like that? <laughs> Just stand there and be big. I was like, Well, Roy, they don't have Roy Hibbert. A&M doesn't have Roy Hibbert, But Williams ain't operating with Roy Hibbert down there. But he was like, why are they jumping like that? They're just jumping around everywhere.
1: That uh yeah, that's also true. Um uh AM, after such a, an inspiring win over the weekend, you return with this. Problematic. Um, I gotta hit this for myself. That one's on me. I was wrong. Again. I do not run from my hideous predictions. I had Texas A&M winning the SEC this season. That's a yikesy. Uh, Buzz Williams' team is 15-9. and nine, And after beating Tennessee at home, 85-69, it gets taken out, albeit on a somewhat freakish buzzer beater. Nevertheless, loses against a Vandy team that was outside the top 200 before that game tipped off. It is now 198. Uh, other quick whip-arounds here. Uh, Providence beat St. John's. Congratulations to Josh Oduro. He is a father. I actually, uh, I talked with him and met, uh, met, uh, the mother of his child. I, I don't actually know if they are married or not, so I don't want to incorrectly label. Uh, the I hope not. Lovely young woman as his wife. I so hope they're not. I, 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 I know you hope they're not. Uh, they very well may be. I just, I didn't, I forgot to ask. I don't know. If, I if, want if them to be long. us.
0: I hope they're not.
1: Okay. I think, I think it's safe to say that they're us. As regardless. <laughs> the point is this. I went to the Georgetown Providence game. uh wonderful, wonderful couple. She was she was talking to someone else. She's like, I'm ready to pop. And lo and behold, he is the father to a boy that Kim English is the godfather of. And did not play over the weekend. He had 28 points in this one. They beat St. John's. Um, it was a really, really good for, for prov- win for Providence. Uh, Patino said after, I did, I've been in that, the dunk, I don't know, four or five times to cover games in the past. I didn't even realize this was the case. Patino brought it up in, in his opening statement. Billy Donovan's damn number isn't in the rafters at Providence. He took you to a final four. Like, so he, Patino stumped for his guy, obviously. Uh, maybe that gets it done. I, I don't know how like you made the fight your Providence. You made the 87 final four. You don't have Billy Donovan's name in the rafters. What are we doing here? So I thought that was a little surprising.
0: you all trying to get Billy's name everywhere. Isn't Billy's name enough places? OK, well, if you want to if you want to resist that. <laughs> no, I don't. I want Billy's name everywhere. I would like to have Billy Donovan's name on every court in America.
1: Uh, well, good. Uh, good on Providence for getting to win. St. John's is a uh, boy. They got uh, they got a lot of work to do. I would say they're not even uh, in the top six teams out of the bracket at this point, at best. Uh, Big Ten, quick note, Wisconsin beat Ohio State. Uh, that was a four-game swoon that Bucky was on, and it, it avoided the uh, the five-game slump there. And then we got to go to the Valley real quick. Um, Indiana State cracked into the AP Top 25 this week. Did they? Were they in your top? I
0: had them in there way before the AP voters did. That's I'm ahead them. of the curve on this stuff, dead leg.
1: That's what I thought. Uh, they respond... By losing Tuesday night at they home. They should not have done that. They shouldn't have done that. 80-67 to, to Illinois State. And Illinois State, not a good team this season. Congrats to Ryan Peden for getting the first like significant win of his young head coaching career. Illinois State's 12-14. and 14. Illinois State is outside the two hundreds, uh, uh, top 200 of every notable metric. Um, it was the first quad one loss of Indiana State's season. Um And so, and it was the first home loss period that they had had. Uh, They were weirdly awful from three point range, just an unlucky night, eight of 38 from three point range. Uh, That is a damaging one. I don't think it kills them from at large consideration because it is the first loss outside of quad one. Now it's a bad, bad quad What quad four GP. Is it quad three or quad four?
0: I think think it was quad quad four. four.
1: I think it's quad four. They're 22 and four now overall. Um, they have five games left in the Valley. Three of them are on the road. They have split the season series with Drake, who got out of Evansville on Tuesday night with a buzzer beating 37 foot shot after Evansville hit a uh, hit a hit a three to send it to, to seemingly send it to overtime. Then Drake hit a uh, a banker at the buzzer to get the win, which was huge for the Valley there. So at least one to. uh, Acknowledge uh, the craziness that went down there in that. That's league.
0: the second time in the past week. Drake went viral.
1: Okay, again. I don't I don't know what the first time was, and I don't need to know what the first time was. You tried oh, to inject this on buddy. the phone on Saturday. Ooh. I don't need to know. I, I honestly, this isn't a bit. I don't know what he did. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Indiana State losing is what I is all is all I want to talk about. And uh that's uh That's a dinger. I think those two teams need to meet in the Valley Championship game in order to give that conference a chance at a two-bit situation. One more loss for Indiana State outside quad one, and I think... I'm not happy about it. I'm just saying I'm not thinking it's going to have a chance at an at-large situation if it takes another L prior to the Valley bracket.
0: Yeah. um, Indiana State, by the way, is still 30th in strength of record. So, like... Like, there's still some good stuff there, but yes, that was a quad four loss. And to do it the right after you get the number next to your name. I know. It's just.
1: 45 years since they were ranked, since Larry Bird the, entered the tournament undefeated. Crazy,
0: right? Yeah. And then just to give it right back. I know. They'll be okay. They'll figure it out. Or they I, won't. I, I, word from our partners? Yeah. G- give me one of those, Partner? please. Yeah, come on. Word
1: from partners?
0: Subscribe to Point Forward the podcast so you don't miss a thing. All right, Norlander, let's look ahead to the next couple of nights real quick. Tonight, inside college basketball, CBS Sports Network, six thirty Eastern. I'll be in studio. We will have a thirty minute pregame show, then a triple header at seven o'clock. Xavier at Seton Hall. Nine o'clock, number one UConn at DePaul. Eleven o'clock, UNLV at Fresno State. The number one team in the country going to be on our air tonight. CBS Sports Network. Elsewhere. Number 11, this is the game of the night, probably number 11, South Carolina at number 13, Auburn and number eight, Tennessee is going to go to Arkansas. I know Arkansas is, uh, you know, it's been rough there, but it's still Bud Walton. And you never know.
1: Is that not? I don't have the AP rankings up in front of me. Is that not a top 10 team on the road doing, I guess, an unranked opponent situation again?
0: Yes, that would be. We had two of them last night, and I think the top 10 teams went two and one. Yep, I'm now um, keeping track. I got a file. Keeping track, baby. Got a
1: file. Kansas obviously applies to this. Kansas has lost like four times to top ten. Kansas continually gets
2: no, Kansas. To Kansas ten. is She's responsible.
0: Teams. No, Kansas is responsible for four of them. I wrote about this yesterday morning. Kansas has as a top ten team because Kansas has been a top ten team every day of this season. They've lost four times oh, on baby. the road to unranked teams.
1: That's a nugget. Kansas has not fallen out of the top ten the entire season. Okay, mm-hmm. how about that? That's uh that's a good nugget from you over there. Well, let uh, them go
0: lose by twenty million again. That's not in late. fairness it was a month ago we were saying kansas is a four-player team and then we took away one of those players and the other one's got a bad ankle so they were like a they were like a two and a half player team against you don't want to go you don't want to take two and a half players down to lubbock that's a mm-hmm. rough one
1: that's true yeah McCullough obviously we didn't mention this earlier we should have mcculler didn't play again and uh, it sounds like he still might play not play again this weekend save that for the uh friday show there so south carolina auburn is the big game of the night 8 30 p.m eastern sec network uh be checked in for that one that is uh a Really, really intriguing game, and it's really a house money situation for South Carolina in that spot there because you are going on the road, a hostile environment. Auburn's got back to back huge games. They uh, host the Gamecocks here, and then they host Kentucky on Saturday. I will be in the building for that game. You also have Miami, Clemson, ESPN two seven PM tip on on Wednesday night here. Clemson's in a good spot. Don't Clemson this though, okay? Like you're at home against a Miami team that's not on trajectory to make the, the tournament. Get it done. Uh, Xavier Seton Hall is just a. Uh, it's a very urgent game for both teams as NCAA tournament resumes. Neither. Uh, oh was Xavier's in a worse spot than Seton Hall right now? Um, GP mentioned that before. Seven o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Michigan State plays at Penn State. Michigan State's another one of those teams that's you know it's doing okay for itself, but don't lose on the road. Um, and then I'm going to give a little love here. How about a little soak on love? Western Carolina at Samford. Um Western Carolina has one of the stat monsters in the entire country, Vontarius Woolbright. He's been brought up, I think, one time earlier this season on the pod GP, And uh that's a that's a big time game in that in that league uh tonight. So, you know, at least wanted to get Samford is outrageously good for a mid-major. They're 22-3. They might be this year's Florida Atlantic, frankly. We thought it was Indiana
0: State. Well, I can't wait to rank them top five next preseason.
1: Exactly. Look
0: out. Bucky McMillan, Bucky Ball.
1: (laughs) And they are very fun to watch. I, I detailed them in the court report earlier this season, and we will have more soon. On uh, on Sanford at cbsports.com courtesy of uh, David Cobb, who I believe is working off something on them as well. Um, that's just a quality game. It's it's on Sanford's whole floor, so they probably will win. But Western Carolina is eighteen and seven, and it has the best player in the league, Vonarius Woolbright's Just he's been uh, he's like a six six do everything kind of player. That's a cool that's a cool Wednesday uh, game. Thursday, there's not a ton. I'll give you what I got, and then you can fill it out here. Northwestern at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northwestern is going to make the tournament. I'm highly confident of it, third time in program history, but. It's, it's a light, light slate. 6 30 Eastern, Big Ten, Big Ten Network on Thursday. And then on our air, 9 o'clock, Gonzaga at LMU. Gonzaga with a road game. Can they avoid a letdown? They can't afford to lose the game from an at large resume standpoint. And then Colorado at UCLA is your 9 o'clock Eastern, Thursday night ESPN game. Uh, Buffaloes could not get it done against Arizona. I said they would beat Arizona as we taped a show Saturday night. I was an idiot. Colorado did not come close to winning that game. They sure could use a road win to boost their at-large case because they are behind Washington State right now. Meantime, uh, Mick Cronin is the greatest coach in UCLA history. We never wavered from that opinion, and they are on a tear over the past six weeks.
0: Well, I can't wait for all that. (laughs) That's all you got? Yeah. I sure can't wait for all that.
1: All right. I think think that's a... That's a Valentine show. Did you, Did you, you're not at home right now and you got to, you got your other Memphis show here in 10 minutes. So we're going to, mm-hmm. don't worry. We're going to get you out with plenty of time, yeah. but I mean, did you take care of your wife? I mean,
0: well, um, I, I, uh, I did all the things you have to do to make sure stuff is delivered. To,
1: okay, so that's what I wanted to make sure of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a pro with that. I mean, you, you know, you got a in between HQ hits on a Saturday. You just go ahead and knock out some cherries, berries, and some roses, and you okay. you know just make sure you just need stuff. You need her at her uh, at her at her business uh, to, to to and and as her. You just need people to, to be like, oh wow, look who look at this. Oh, who got that? Oh, GP got that. Oh, isn't he the sweetest? That, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> okay, that's what your wife sounds like. I'm sure she'd love that impression. No, that was an impression of other people witnessing a delivery person. Okay, yeah. Yeah. No, my wife would never be like, "Is a GP so sweet?" That's not. That's not the way she (laughs) talks. That's not the way she talks about me. But I'm hoping I can trick other people by by having somebody deliver flowers and balloons and candies and all that stuff. Do you love Valentine's Day or not?
1: I'm I'm fine with it. I don't I don't not like it and I'm not uh I'm not over the moon about it, but I I embrace the day for all of for, for everything that that brings with it. I'll tell you what, my kids were excited cuz my mother-in-law came over yesterday and dropped off a bunch of stuff. So to them it's just another day where they get candy and and cool little things. So they they're pumped up. Yeah.
0: I could do without it if I'm being honest. I could do without it. It feels like it's just a made-up thing to make um, me go buy it's like it it feels like it's just a made-up thing to prop up the the chocolate industry and the flour industry
1: yeah no i i i hear you on that um it's unfortunate but i uh yeah i had a little chat with the with the wife recently so this year we no chocolates i she was more than okay with
0: yeah yeah it's good it's good it's good you guys it's good you guys can talk uh, are close enough you can talk about stuff like that
1: yeah we're not afraid to kind of lean into that it's
0: it's it's important to have tough conversations in within your marriage
1: i i I, I, babe are you good if i don't you know buy you chocolates and and, the success of stuff this year like is that really necessary like no, nah, yeah, I'm good. Okay, sounds good.
0: Love you. I actually think that's a great conversation to have. Hey, are are you cool if I don't buy? How about this? You don't buy me thirty dollar chocolates, and I won't buy you thirty dollar chocolates, yeah. and we'll save calories and money.
1: Well, she never. That's the thing. We can get going, but like I, I never want that stuff, so she never gets it. I was like, you know
0: what? I think we could just uh, we can take a break on both sides this
1: year. She was
0: more than okay with that So there we. Go. Well, it's good. It's good to hear you guys can talk about the difficult things in the marriage like that. You could be so open about it. I admire that. Let's get going. You Shouts to David Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle, legend. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for watching, listening to the Eye on College basketball podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, there's more of us than there are of them. That should be reflected in the comments. So please do that. We'll talk to you again on Friday morning. Till then, take care.